You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The Book of Acts, Chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, 
sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So Acts chapter 2, we find ourselves uh, just kind of following Peter and his relationship with the church and uh, starts off with a group of like 120 and then it builds exponentially, right? Um, what are your thoughts on all believers um, having everything in common? You know, what, what was the first thing that drew us all to the church? I know for me, uh, the thing that drew me to the church that I'm in today is because there was a space for for me to have a voice, right? Like the church um, drew out specifically, you know, what my role was and, you know, helped me to understand what I believe and why I believe what I believe. And um, for me, that was in my, you know, headiness, I guess, that's what drew me to, to the fellowship because I was like, oh, wow. I've never been to a church before that laid out specifically what we believe. I've never been to a church before that laid out specifically, you know, why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do. And so that that was my that's been my experience, and that's what I drew from uh, chapter uh, Acts chapter two is just um, the encouragement of believers and the fellowship and unity of the believers in in the first church. I love the way you've connected the your story to this because I think you find a similar movement from the outpouring of the spirit at Pentecost to mm -hmm. now this incredible unity within the church yeah. and the connection being that their unity wasn't something that just happened but it was a unity produced by God and his Holy Spirit coming mm -hmm. uh, and filling the disciples and then uh, the Holy Spirit uh, then going from there to uh, ex expand his work to others gathered there at Jerusalem. And so we get to this part here in um, Acts 2.42 in this description about the community where we find a community that has been created by the Holy Spirit, a community that the Holy Spirit has called out from uh, the bigger community of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And for us to be united as a church, we have to, I think, always start with the realization that our unity isn't even something that we necessarily achieve in and of our own striving, 
it's important that we be committed to unity, but it's something that God has produced, that the Holy Spirit, he has come and chosen us uh, and called us out together to live as the church. Yeah. I'm really connecting with this thing you're saying about unity um, because I've studied this so many times. I was a believer. My session were the believers. And so I've studied this scripture a lot. And uh, But just in, in hearing you talk and what I, you know, what I kind of also what jumped out at me before um, coming here, this thing about what was so different about their fellowship. Um, mm. what, what, what was it that made them not be a, a club that was exclusive, you know, that we can, have, we can like each other so much and be so much in fellowship that we exclude others, but it was very inclusive. The Lord added every day. The Lord added daily, like how many? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thousands. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that fellowship and starting, as you said, with, you know, it was Holy Spirit powered mm. so that it automatically reaches out and it's mm. outward focused. Mm -hmm. There's a powerful thing happening of, you know, where in the first volume to... Um, Luke's two-part history, let's say, and and Luke, you have this movement where you go from kind of this big picture in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, and then all along the way, it sort of winnows down to Jesus's work in Jerusalem, and he goes through, uh, you know, he goes through Galilee and Samaria, and and then here in Acts, it's like an explosion out the other way, where now we're going back out into Samaria yes, and into the, that. and yes. so it's sort of this winnowing down, mm -hmm. and then the explosion point is right here, and yeah. the Holy Spirit, yeah. Him, mm -hmm. the, this person of the Trinity coming and beginning His sovereign reign through the church on earth as He goes out to take over the world and redeem it as it was always intended to be. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So. <laughs> When I think about that day, as someone who loves an opportunity to talk to Jesus, uh, I will talk to Jesus, but talk about Jesus to people, like, you know, like he took that moment, Peter did, and he just started to preach, and he nailed it. Like, it wasn't even like a seeker-sensitive message. It was like full-on mm -hmm. mm -hmm. truth, whether they liked it or not, and the Holy Spirit did a work and laid people's hearts bare, and they came seeking him. And they're like, what do we do? How do, what, what do we do now? Like, mm -hmm. tell me, tell me. And I love that um, because what happens is um, they're drawn in to fellowship by Holy Spirit revealing to them their need. Mm -hmm. They're like you were talking um, last week, Ori, about like their need for what was missing, like mm -hmm. this, you know, God shaped hole in their heart. Um, and that was what drew mm -hmm. them. But then what kept them was this like regular gathering, this like fellowship of all believers. And that is my story because, mm -hmm. you know, Jesus saved me, but the church kept me. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is I did not know how to live right. I couldn't have figured it out on my own. Even if I read every self-help book you find in the Christian section of the bookstore, I couldn't have figured it out on my own because I need people to show me and invite me in and sit around the table and not just show me like how to read the Bible right or pray right, but show me how to like love your kids right. Show me how to be a, a godly parent. How do you be a godly spouse? How do you be friends with guys instead of flirting with them all the time? Because that's all I knew how to do. And so this fellowship and this living life together taught me how to live right in a way that would please God. And that's what transformed me for the long haul. It wasn't just that salvation experience, but it was like learning, being transformed by the renewing of my mind mm -hmm. and allowing the behaviors from my old way of living 
to um, die away, but be replaced by what was healthy and life-giving. And it sounds like to me even that that example that you mentioned, the church uh, and the fellowship at church and the unit at church and the teaching at church has been the example for you. And that's really... Uh, what initially drew me to the church family. I moved with my aunt, and before then we knew nothing about church, but my aunt was already a church member. Mm -hmm. And so I would then go to church every Sunday, and I started to see, okay, these people care about each other. That's one. They care about their community. They show that they care, and then they are also teaching more about what they believe. Mm And so I believe literally just having those examples, if you're, you know, like me, I was six years old, and all you had seen was your family, and family's great, but uh, it's not the same as um, a church family who's striving to fellowship and striving to be um, missional. So that example of having someone show love and show care, even for people they don't know, is what drew me to the church, and the fact that that was its mission kept me. Um, So, of course, um, knowing that that's what Jesus stood for and his Holy Spirit empowers you to do that is, I think, what people should gather from. Or if you're interested in looking at a church, that's what you should go to look for is that example that you're going to get from other people, either showing love or showing how to love. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.